What's up, y'all? It's Avery coming to you live from the editing booth, also known as my apartment. As you can tell, you are listening to part one of episode four for The Last Black Avatar. The unedited audio of this episode ended up being about two and a half hours long because we just had way too much fun with our guest Faith, and it just seemed right to split it up into two so that we could get the first half out to y'all now, and then the second half will come to you on Friday. So make sure that you're following us on your favorite streaming service or on our social media so that you can get a notification as soon as we post that episode. So... Our apologies for coming up a day late and kind of a dollar short, but we promise that you will get your second half this week. So I will uh, step out and (laughs) let y'all get into the episode, part one of episode four. How do we want to start this (laughs) before the three, two, one? (laughs) I thought we were just starting. Do we just want to go in as like a conversation? No, that part doesn't pick up. I do kind of like having the three, two, one in the podcast. I don't know why. I think it's cute. We got to get but some cool setup music. Setup music? What setup music do you want? Because we can't do like the copyrighted. Oh, it's probably something from GarageBand. Something vaguely Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Like a... Yeah, we could just get in the lab. Yeah, like one of them little things that you... I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, what do you symbols? No, no, <laughs> something like I'm sure we could find it on a garage band <laughs> to sound like you know we're in Uncle Arrow's tea shop, which you don't know what is it oh. is yet because we haven't gotten that far. But yeah, well, maybe we'll get into it in this episode in three. <laughs> we might one. no. <laughs> Welcome back to the At Last Black Avatar podcast. I am Avery, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here joined with my joy, my light, my moon, and my stars, Corbin. How are you doing, Corbin? <laughs> I'm still trying to recover from <laughs> um, the 4th. You know, we don't celebrate 4th of July. We were celebrating uh, Juneteenth 2.0. Um, with a bunch of black people mm. and I just want y'all to know that it it was it was a it was a good time I um I did a lot and I am currently just trying to recover so I didn't go to sleep until six o'clock this morning and then I left Greensboro at um 8 30 and drove back to Charlotte so there's that so I'm I'm okay yeah, for listeners at home, this is a June, July. We are in July fifth. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what day it is. Uh, glad that you had such a ball. I I'm sick, um, so I was not <laughs> in attendance. <laughs> uh, listeners at home, I was on my couch watching Gilmore Girls. Um, but looked like y'all had a ball. Yeah, but it's a y'all ball may have heard. You know, y'all might have heard another cackle on the (laughs) podcast that doesn't sound too familiar, and I'm sure from the title of this podcast, you can tell that we have our first guest. We don't have any intro music, so we can just like, (laughs) (laughs) da-da-da-da! To freedom! (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There's a sound effect. Uh, Faith, how are you? I'm good. Hey, everyone. My name is Faith. Come on, everyone. Yes. <laughs> everyone in the 
60 of us. There's 60 folks in this uh, To the millions room. of streams and followers that we have. Yes, all of them. Oh, yes. Many. Look, this yes. is going places. Um, this is also my podcast debut, so awkward, kind of. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Um, hey, y'all. What do you want the folks to know about you, Faith? Yes, tell us about yourself. Faith is looking like no. Tell us, tell, you, tell, us, tell the listeners no. how you be in your shrimp. Bye. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, well, my name is Faith. I use they them pronouns. Um, yeah, I know Corbin and Avery. We all went to college together, and you know, yeah, Corbin's doing a little dance right now. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to leave it at that because I'm going to try to remain <laughs> as anonymous as possible. <laughs> yeah, some of our guests have real jobs um, and don't want to get caught up on this avatar, this explicit avatar podcast. There will be profanity um, in there. So Faith, uh, so some things that the folks want to know that they need to know about your relationship to Avatar. How did you come into the Avatar fandom? Have you been a fan for a while? Or is this your first time? The people need to know. Yeah, so uh, I watched Avatar back when it came out, whenever it came out. Um, just like me and my brother watched it together. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan of it. I had like forgot a lot of the stuff that happened. Um, so I did rewatch it um, like last week. I think I finished rewatching it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was cool. I, I definitely appreciated watching it again. Um, and I'll probably rewatch it like a few more times just to like catch any other little things. But yeah, I mean, I really love the series. I love a lot of the, like, symbolic stuff that it has in it. So I think, you know, there was a lot of stuff I could connect with, especially now um, with that. So, yeah. Love it. And what uh, element do you want to bend? Is that how you ask that? Because I know it's not like Hogwarts houses. Like, you're not if you meaning. Were you also learned Avatar, what Hogwarts houses were, like, what, a month ago. What kind of bender would you want to be? yeah. Like, what Ooh, nation do you um, think you'd be a part of? Do you want to be born into, I guess? Is that Fire how it works? Nation, yeah. Earth Kingdom, Water Tribe, Air Nomads. I, I think I would, I think I would be, um, I think probably Earth Kingdom. And not just because I'm an Earth sign, mm. but. There, see, I want, I want <laughs> listeners at home to know that. Earth bending, air bending, whatever is not synonymous to zodiac signs. It's not the same as astrology. But I mean, just because you want to be Earth, but it's fun. See there, (laughs) okay, but but there could be some um, some similarities, you know, because Katara didn't y'all say she's definitely a Cancer? She's a Cancer because she be crying all the time. She be crying. She gets emotional. She and blows yet she's up. a water bender. Zuko could be a water sign. I don't know. There's conflict on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Calling World Star as we speak. <laughs> nah. Ooh, I love it. The plot thickens. This is nice. Y'all want to keep fighting? <laughs> I'm just speaking facts. No printer. 
um, just so folks can get it straight, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, um, where where would the Bronx be in in the earth outside <laughs> <laughs> the last air render? <laughs> uh, uh, what? Probably the Fire Nation. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm just wow. I don't know enough about Not the Bronx. Y'all called to make us demons. <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't think the Fire Nation people are demons. It's no, because I feel like the, niggas aren't going to fuck with you. Because if people say, like, I'm from the Bronx, I'll fuck you up. No one's going to be like, oh, bet. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to take you. And I feel like that's how people, people react to the, the Bronx, Fire Nation. Like, they created hip hop <laughs> and stuff like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a one to one comparison. They be creating stuff. It's fun to try. <laughs> you know, the beef patty with the cocoa bread. Bye. <laughs> Get you some of that while you're in the Bronx. Get you some Tim's. Do you mm. think you could bend if you had mm. Tim's on? Mm. You think it'll be it'll be hard to do? I feel I feel like I feel like Tim's would be the best. Are they flame resistant? Um I th- I feel <laughs> no. like they are. No. And like water resistant? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like can they defeat the elements? Yeah. <laughs> the, the perfect boot for the okay. avatar. The perfect. Boot. I mean, but you if know, there was, I feel like my docs would make it far in Avatar. I feel like they, they. I think that is the shoe of Avatar. Some Tim's. I'm being honest, and I'm biased. I think not. Some Tim's. Some docs. Docs are not. Who would be wearing they docs? They are. They think who the Fire Nation. I would be. I would. If I had to choose a shoe to get through this whole, like but, if someone said pick a shoe. I would choose Docs because they be like walking through the woods and shit. They be getting them wet. You know what I'm saying? Docs, the shoes of the revolution, might also be the but shoes. But they of not Avatar. comfortable because you know they be running and stuff. You can't run in no Docs. That's true. They're good for like a nice sprint. Like they're nice for like a good. You the folks a was running for their lives. Tear gas coming and you got to sprint real quick. <laughs> and you need to know that your shoes are secure. And won't get like punctured or something, but that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. What would you wear, Corbin? If you had to choose, if I was in a bender and I had to wear some shoes, like if you were in the show, period. Like if you were in the, not the trio, the gang. I always want to call them the trio, but there's five of them niggas. What's a group of five people call? A fruple. <laughs> <laughs> But if you were one of the gang and you had to pick some shoes, they said you could only pack one. What would you some choose? Some vans. Fuck you, me. Those shits would be dirty as hell by the I end. I would get some black vans. <laughs> some Air Forces. Some black ones. So people know I'm being business. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Listen, you can't come up there like it's sweet. Like people gonna take advantage of you. You're going to drop a rock on your head, and then what? If you come up there with vans, folks are mm. going to know you about it. That you, like, yeah. you wild. Like, you're a wild one. Yeah. Which is why I would oh, choose the Black Air Forces. That's what I would choose. Black Air Forces. Huh. Absolutely. That's nice. And then second will be the, the If Converse's. anyone at home wants to do some fan art of us. <laughs> riding Appa. In the Avatar please, universe. Please. With our shoes. Somebody draw a picture of me riding Appa with some black Air Forces. <laughs> in the Bronx. With the, the cocoa bread. 
and the, uh, the beef patty in one hand and a Yankees hat in the yeah, other hand. Yeah, some thin sliced um, pizza in the other yes. hand. Not that they could make it a like a, Fold a, it a fan cam and have Valid Like Salad playing in the background. Valid Like Salad. I have Put not listened to that song. Just and don't. I refuse. <laughs> I just, I refuse. Oh. You're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> Oh, that could be the God. intro to this episode. Well, <laughs> and we already did our three, two, one. <laughs> That'll be the longest cold open for a show ever. <laughs> People be like, "Is this still the Avatar podcast? <laughs> the fuck are they talking about?" It said episodes fifteen to seventeen. But to continue this uh, deviation from the episodes. Uh, I did go on the Wikipedia, um, spoiler free, because I didn't want to watch any interviews because I didn't want to accidentally see some spoilers from the producers of like, oh yeah, in season three when we decide to kill them all. And I've been like, damn, I didn't know they all died. Um, but I did go on Wikipedia to learn a little yeah, bit all more. All of them die in season three. I knew it. It's like that Star Wars movie. I can't remember which one it is. Rogue it's, One. Yes, absolutely. Sad as shit. Yes, they all die. Ugh gross but um <laughs> i did look into like the background in terms of like who made the show and like what other shows they worked on and some interesting stuff about the pilot did you know anything about the original pilot corbin the the like 2003 pilot um i mean i might have watched it just it's been so long like that's almost 10 years ago or 20 years ago i don't know well, they didn't... Every time you say 20 years ago on the podcast, it does make me laugh. Um, but... Because <laughs> uh, I was editing, and I was like, 20 years ago, you were one. <laughs> um, but there was an original pilot, so the show aired in 2006. You're just going to give my age away like that. <laughs> right? You said it on the last episode, I think. Um, but on the original pilot that they shot in 2003... They had Mitchell Musso from Hannah Montana cast as Aang. And that's how they shot the original pilot. And the plot of that pilot was uh, Sokka and Kaya, which was Katara's original name for that pilot, um, were finding masters to come and train Aang while they were uh, trying to escape their enemy Zuko. And apparently you can find it with and without commentary from the showrunners. Uh, but that seems like a, a different. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's. I don't know how I would feel about Mitchell Musso being Aang. I think I would I would think I would leave. But this was three years before Hannah Montana. So I guess uh, they he didn't get this or maybe he got Hannah Montana and was like, hmm. I don't need to do voice acting. <laughs> I'm going to get that, that Disney channel check. Um, but one of these days I'll watch that original pilot and I'll get back to y'all on that and see if it's bad. Um, but I looked into the showrunners to see if they did any other things. It seems like avatar is their major project, like period. Um, it's Brian connect. Mm. Konietzko mm. K-O-N-I-E-T Z-K-O 
Yes. And Admiral Michael DiMartino. And yeah, I actually have a comment about Admiral Zhao. Give me like two seconds because this <laughs> blew my mind. It won't blow your mind because we'll talk about it. But so they're a duo that some fans call Brike, which is, I guess, I don't know what combination of their names makes that. Um, but basically they worked on Family Guy, King of the Hill, Invader Zim, um, shows like that. Brian has a band called Ginormous. I did play one of their songs or a couple of them. They're like an instrumental band. They sound like the background music to Teen Wolf. Um, but they're both coming back for the live action as showrunners, which obviously they didn't for the movie because that was an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, and then they oh. had these two different... Right. Um, M. Night Shyamalan, ruining movies for everyone. Um, but All the time. All the time. Uh, but then they had these like two different Korean studios to help with like the animation and stuff. Uh, but this was like their big project. Like I was looking for anything else but now they like write graphic novel type books or something like that um but admirals Zhao, who is cast as jason isaacs you don't know who that is but that is draco malfoy's dad in harry potter the one with the like legless long blonde wig that is admiral Zhao, yes. and i had Stiff no wear. fucking clue and he's also captain hook in the peter pan movie and i've seen that movie a thousand times as a kid and i never noticed that never once would i have noticed that um but i was reading it and i text ruchi and she was like i don't think i wanted to know that information and i was like well i'm saying it on the podcast today so you're gonna hear it at some point but i text him immediately and i was like <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this i feel so uncomfortable but yeah, that is the general production notes on this show for anyone who's a production geek like myself who likes to <laughs> snoop on what showrunners work on other shows because they find it interesting. Because um, I know that I do, because that's what Wikipedia is for. So anything y'all want to touch on before we get into episode 15? Let's get into it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> i'm excited uh i'm so Super glad that excited. you're excited uh so episode 15 Be- was it beto Bato. or is it beto <laughs> beto Bato. Bato. i wrote it down wrong in my yes, beto notes oh shit Corbin, He's in this movie, go ahead. In I just realized I didn't pull up the synopses <laughs> for this episode. Can you talk through? Can you fill for time and talk through the synopsis of this episode? Yes. So with this episode, it's called Bato of the Water Tribe, which is basically um, there's this episode where uh, the gang are on this island. Uh, I guess they're still part of the Earth Nation and. Um, they're like needing money and food and stuff like that. So they go into the town to look for um, all of those things. And um, they ended up they end up running into Bato, which is um, Katara's dad's like tribe member. Um, he's also like um, he was part of their fleet. So they find like um, one of the ships that was part of Katara and Sokka's dad's fleet and 
they realize that like their dad had been there. So they get super excited. And that's when they run into Bato and they go into town and like he feeds them and just tells them stories about, you know, the different wars and fights that they've been into and just like what was life like before they left. And as this is going on, you can see that Aang is getting um, increasingly jealous, um, you know, and I'm just like, why is Sensitive. this kid so jealous that um, so yeah, I'm just like, you know, that's jealous. somebody from the tribe. Like they ain't seen this dude in years. Um, and I, I didn't know if you want to like go into the intro before that, but that was the first time that we had, seen a little bit more of Katara show emotion about her dad because most of the emotion that she's shown has been of course like for her mom and one of the funny parts that like I had noticed in um this this scene is that like um Sokka makes a joke and then there's like that cough again yes and then you know he's like oh Sokka you've got your dad's sense of humor and I thought that was so funny because mm, yeah, is Sokka's, your... Sokka's corny jokes is what. Is that your submission for the it... jokes, 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 <laughs> jokes, jokes? Who's next segment of our podcast? The jokes. The jokes, jokes. Who's next? Uh, I think that's our favorite segment. I actually didn't have any for that segment. There weren't any. This section of well, episodes weren't nearly as because obviously they're like getting more serious um but as i was watching i was like i'm not i mean laughing this one sort of was because <laughs> i think this well, whole, i mean i oh, think that ahead. it's really interesting to see how over time the show definitely gets more more serious the show definitely gets more and more serious i mean with this um they have like a scene where it cuts to zuko and the uncle and they're on the boat and you can see like this big, huge creature come on the boat with this woman. And she's like looking for someone that owes her money. And the animal was able to find this man. And they were like, how are you able to find this guy? And then she was like, my sheer shoe can detect, you know, somebody from a continent away. And they become intrigued with this woman. And they find her like arm wrestling someone. And I think the funniest part is like when they finally like Zuko's like, I need you. She's like, oh, I mean, I don't have any money right now. And then she's like, everyone drinks on me. And in that part, I thought, you know, I immediately thought of Wipe Me Down, where, you know, they were like, you know, I'll pull up to the club VIP gas tank on E, but all drinks <laughs> on me. I was like, yes, that's who this woman is. That song was about her. And um, yeah, they convinced her to basically search for the avatar because they've got Katara's necklace so they use that to track her down because they're like, okay, well, if we can track Katara down, then we can get to the Avatar and they're offering to just pay this woman to find them. So, and then it just kind of cuts back and forth between like the gang and then um, Zuko, Uncle Iroh, and this woman trying to find um, the gang via this beast. So that's kind of like the setup for that part. Yeah. The only thing I want to touch on is I loved, I didn't even think about Katara's reaction to her dad because it didn't really resonate emotionally with me at all. It didn't seem like they were trying to highlight it too much. Like it was kind of like, oh yeah, obviously she wants to see her damn daddy because that man has been missing. Um, but I did love 
the little flashbacks of tiny Sokka when he was like, I'm strong, I'm brave, I can fight. And he basically had to give him like that Mufasa, like, I'm only brave when I have to be speech. Like, <laughs> that's basically what that scene was. And I just thought that that was so cute. And this also, these episodes solidify Sokka for mm-hmm. me as my yeah. favorite character besides Zuko. Um, like, my favorite uh, character of the gang as it's currently comprised. Um, Cause I was just like, look, his intuition. Good. Like, and I was so glad when like somewhere in one of these episodes, he was like, why the fuck don't y'all listen to me? <laughs> like, he was like, I don't get it. Like if y'all don't just like, and in this episode when they were doing the, when um, Bato's teaching them how to like navigate the boat, was there a name for that? Did he say like this oh, is like ice a... dodging? Yeah, yeah. So it was ice called dodging. Uh, ice dodging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when Sokka just kind of like took charge the whole time, and he was like, "You proved everything. Like you don't have to keep going." And he was like, "Nah, hold oh, my beer. So we're getting so over these about Sokka rocks." Taking charge. I mean, you know, because I kind of liked it because I think that he has good ideas. But he kind of gets pushed aside because he's supposed <laughs> to be like this comedic character, but like it doesn't fully hit because every show tends to have like that comedic, like borderline stupid friend in the friend group because they need someone who's like purely comic relief, like all of that. Um, but it doesn't really land fully with Sokka because like he's actually very competent um, <laughs> for the most part, but they still are trying to make him incompetent. He's the only one that can't like, bend, so, like, yeah. Yeah, but they'll mention, like, oh, he did this embarrassing thing once, and he tried to get the fish hook out of his finger with another fish hook, and I was like, but he also, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Some of the choices that they make with, like, Sokka, like, are very strange to me, because um, I'm like, do you want him to be incompetent or not? Like, I don't, I feel like y'all should choose. But that's just my personal preference. Um, I don't know. What about you, Faith? How do you feel about? Yeah, I mean, I I like that. Um, I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he's like the most realistic character because he is like mm. super flawed, and they show him like, um, you know, have all these like silly shit that happens to him and. We get to see him, like, in these relationships. I feel like he has, like, the most progression almost, like, in all aspects. Um, so I would say he's he's probably my favorite character, too. Um, and, and I, like, made a note here. There was, like, something where Bato, like, tells him or, like, reminds him, like, of his purpose. Like, help where you're needed, um and like obviously Sokka always feels like left out especially when we get into like the next couple seasons um because he's like left out he's the only like non-bender um and he always feels like he can't do shit but you know I feel like this episode especially you really see like that he is needed and he he really is oh and there's another episode and it's so good and it's one of my favorite episodes but it's like way later on um, you really see how much of an asset he is to the group. So I'm I'm all about him. 
Like, I feel I, I feel what you're saying. Like, what kind of character do you want him to be? Because you have, you know, all these silly ass moments, but then you have like his progression as a person. And, you know, I, I like that a lot. I like that they did that because it's not just. um, mm. it, He's not just there to be that like, you know, silly character that all the bad things happen to him or whatever. Um, yeah. That's a good point about the realism. Cause I, I didn't even think about, even as I just said, I don't like that they do that. But as I was watching and you're saying that when I was watching it, I was thinking like, ah, oh, I relate to that. Cause when they would bring up like the old mistakes that he made and like joke about it and be like, ha ha, Sokka can't do shit. I've had moments like right. that. And I was watching it thinking, damn, I hate when that happens and people make you sound so incompetent because like you mess up little things. Cause I'm also that person who like does stupid shit randomly. And like, it's when I'm not paying attention and shit happens, but like clearly I'm competent in different ways. And so when people like, try and make that part your identity it's kind of like what why <laughs> like i don't i don't i don't get it um someone just <laughs> i'm muting my phone someone just texted me asking me if i thought that spongebob was black <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead corbett i'm so sorry I'm gonna handle this on my own. Go <laughs> nah, ahead. you're good. Uh SpongeBob is definitely a white man. I think that's that's been established. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I think with Sokka, you can definitely see how um just with real life too, a lot of folks will try to like make your flaws and stuff that you can't do like your your identity. And I think that he's just so much more than that. Like he doesn't necessarily doubt himself, he just is one of the only ones that can't bend. And I think sometimes that gets to him, but I know that he, he knows that he can be so much more than just like, you know, someone who's just part of the group. Like he, he's part of the avatar's destiny. And I think that's why, like, he's so essential to the show. But Mm -hmm. even then, like during the show, you can see like how Aang is kind of jealous of, you know, just, this relationship almost that like they have with the father, even though we haven't seen um, Sokka and and Katara's dad yet, that he gets so jealous that um, they find out that they're supposed to get like a message from the dad and to tell them where he is and stuff. And Aang gets that and hides it. So after the ice dodging scene, he's like, no, you can't trust me. I can't be a member of the water tribe. Yeah. And then, you know, Sokka's like, again, what did I say the first time you're banished? Like, we can't be a part of Team Avatar, quote unquote, anymore, the gang, because you'd be lying. So, like, what do, what do you think that, like, says about, you know, Sokka's and um, Aang's relationship there? Like, they're both supposed to be, like, these two dudes that are, like, protecting Katara but also trying to navigate this space like the dynamic between them changed because I think Katara like really didn't want to leave but at the same time you know it was what it was like you hide and stuff I think and I'm gonna maybe backtrack a little bit um because I 
did think that Aang's story didn't fully make sense. Like, it really felt like a very dramatic plot device for him to, like, be sitting in on this meeting and uh, them be talking about their father and knowing that they're going to get this correspondence. And he automatically, when he hears them talking about how much they would want to see their damn daddy, who they haven't seen in two years, and then, like, immediately runs out and that's why he decided to uh even though they weren't gonna just leave him because they knew that they didn't have time to do that but that's why he decided to crumble up those coordinates or that correspondence or the I think it was like a map to their father um but I think and I think this comes up a lot in the next episode but I think that Sokka seems to be putting people first and Aang sometimes gets too excited and gets too caught up um especially in the next episode but I think he gets caught up in like emotions he gets caught up in excitement he gets caught up in like wanting to do certain things um sometimes the detriment of his friends and uh the people around him and I'm trying really hard not to talk about the next episode but that's that's my answer without talking about 16 yeah because i don't even think like ang isn't even like upset about it because it's gonna like push them back in their like quest to you know find um a master for to teach him all this stuff he's more concerned that he's like losing his best friends like but I mean that's so sad though. Like well, that's I think it's that's more so than sad that. because like he literally has like no one else. So sometimes like I want to be upset with yeah, him. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. why it was so hard. I want to be mad at him sometimes, but I'm like, he he really has like no one else. He has these two animals, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's true. That can't. That, talk. That, <laughs> Yeah, so Corbin, how did you feel about the difference between Aang and Sokka? <laughs> um, I think the difference is honestly that like even though Sokka and Aang have like experienced loss like in their life, like you know with Sokka losing his mother and then like him wanting to be this very masculine presenting person to protect people and be like his dad and whatnot to her his dad to leave and then he has to kind of take on that role but the difference between Aang is that like you know he never really had a mother and father the only person that really cared about him was Gyatso and the other monks but Gyatso especially and um just knowing that he was going to be separated from Gyatso ripped him to shreds to where he ran away from the Southern Air Temple and, you know, almost drowned and formed an iceberg over himself in Appa. And, you know, just from what you were saying, like his emotions and how like he experiences also these extreme emotions, but he's also 12. And I don't know like what I'd be in that predicament if I was 12 years old, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the maturity aspect and um, just the fact that Aang feels responsible for the world, but I think Sokka feels responsible for, like, his sister. And now he's starting to feel, like, some more responsibility for Aang, too, because he realizes that their destinies are intertwined, which is why, you know, 
further along in the episode, he makes his decision that we're going to go to the Northern Air Temple. We're not going to have any distractions. This is what we're going to do. Um, and I think they're starting to realize that, you know, it's bigger than themselves, especially for Sokka, too. Because I think Aang Ben knew it, but Sokka just starting to learn it now, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I definitely hear that. And that's one of the most frustrating things watching the show is that you get frustrated with the character. I know that I get frustrated with the characters, but then it always has to come back to, well, they're all 17 or under. And like, <laughs> like it's like how when people talk about Harry Potter sometimes and they'll be like, well, he is like a freshman in high school and like people are trying to kill him every day. And it's always like, damn, that is true. Like if I was a freshman in high school and I was the chosen one, I would also be acting up. But I'm just like, oh, I want to hold them accountable in my mind to like some of the bad decisions that they make and some of the things that they say. And then when you put it into context of their age and their experiences, it's really hard to do that. Um, and I'm excited to talk about Zuko, um, my main man. Oh my gosh. And June with this damn anteater <laughs> canama sure from shoe. Teen Wolf looking ass thing. <laughs> See, if anything, Avatar is going to give you these disturbing care, these disturbing like, I put animals. Anteater. You said an anteater terrifying i don't understand why everything has to be so terrifying i just i think it scares the shit out of me i for listeners at home i can't watch any scary movies i can't watch anything remotely horror thriller psychological thriller even spooky like even spoopy i can't i can't do any of it uh and so some of these characters terrifying they haunt my dreams um but he recruits June, who we learn her name like later in the episode, who's a badass. And he like grabs her, which I was like, Suka always stay grabbing these women. <laughs> and I love it. No, um, I think the scene that got bad when, like, you know, in that scene where um, June is like on the sheer shoot and they like realize that it can smell stuff. And they put, like, the perfume mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the thing, like, is able to paralyze you. And I think when it had, like, paralyzed June, she, like, falls back and Uncle Arrow, like, grabs her. But the way he grabs her is, like, from, you know, her breast. So, like, he falls back. And I was like, this is really, really weird. Like, he's a creep. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> he is a creep. It wasn't. Weird until <laughs> he, he like, made no. that look at whoever it was. Was it Zuko who was like, you're not even paralyzed? And he was he just looked at him and kind of winked and gave like a thumbs up or something like that. Um, and I was like, OK, this is officially yeah. really creepy because this girl looks very young. <laughs> um, she looks like she's probably supposed to be around Zuko's age, I'm guessing. But not with all them tattoos. That made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, this uh, ain't America, maybe. so yeah. it could be. And Iro, Iro really thinks that she is funny as shit. Like I, she, he thinks that she is like Eddie Murphy or some shit. When she's telling jokes, Iro is <laughs> dying. And I was like, she's not. I was like, <laughs> I was like, she has some good lines, but she's not like 
fucking at the Apollo Theater or some shit. Like, calm down. (laughs) But she does have that line when they see Katara and (laughs) she looks at Zuko and says, so this is your girlfriend. No wonder she left. She's too pretty for you. (laughs) And Zuko doesn't say anything. And I was like, Okay. Yes. I mean, <laughs> was she wrong? Yeah, Zuko's not attractive right. at all. It makes me think of that TikTok. It makes me think of that TikTok, which is the one that spoiled that Zuko joins them about uh, Zuko. <laughs> it's that black guy doing all the different characters, and Zuko's like, "Katara, be honest. You got you like me, don't you?" <laughs> And everyone, like she just like loses it and was like water bit. <laughs> but I was like, yes, yes, this makes me very happy. I would love to see more of this content. <sighs> yeah, beautiful thing. Love's a beautiful thing <laughs> to be young and in love. But during this fight scene, and these three episodes have some really long fight scenes. I think that the fight scenes are dope. I don't, I could do without how long they are sometimes, uh, just because I kind of tune out after a while, but then I'll look back up and be like, that These was These fight scenes are like when you're watching Medea and they oh, start no. singing. <laughs> I don't watch Medea. <laughs> Why do you Bye. say that? The plays. This is a black podcast. <laughs> just keep that in the drafts, Avery. <laughs> keep that in the drafts. Right. But it's I'm gonna leave it on. <laughs> people don't drag you, dog. And I'll be like, well, I tried to tell them to leave them in the drafts. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant leave. Oh, edit out my comment. No, I don't watch. Yeah, I don't. It's like, like don't, when you watch a Medea. I feel like. But I feel like that's not a shocking thing for anyone to find out about me. Like, I feel like anyone who has scrolled through maybe like my top five tweets is probably like, I can tell that this nigga does not watch the Medea plays because all of my tweets are about 90s TV shows <laughs> that like are not. Well, Medea. if you were to watch a Tyler Perry play, <laughs> just a play, not a, not the movies, but the play and like they randomly start singing and I always, well, I started doing this recently, but when they start singing, I'll skip through it because I'm like, <laughs> I could do without this. But yeah, that's what it made me think of mm. when you said that. Yeah. I always want to skip through these fight scenes, but then the shows are only so long. And well, so I will let you know, by the time I will I tell you that I think in the second over. season, the fight scenes do get better. And like especially, I think that they're especially dope. like the the like I do especially like the them. ones in the um the last season like oh my gosh but you know we'll we'll, we'll get to it but yeah when we get to the north I too. just I don't and Corbin's probably tired of me saying this but I like don't fully like cartoons that are serious in the first place um. Which is part of the reason why I didn't watch Avatar, because I really do like cartoons that are very much like straight adult comedy types of things, like a Family Guy or Bob's Burgers or like literally anything on Adult Swim. But when it's like serious cartoons, after a while I do kind of like <laughs> zone out for a little bit. But I do try and like pay attention because I do think that some of the choices they make with how they bend and the moves that they do in fights are really interesting. But especially these three episodes, I was like, 
this feels like a pattern of them going to these new towns and they learn something about the town and then the Fire Nation catches up and then they fight and then they leave at the last second. Um, And so I think by episode 17, I was kind of like, damn, like, (laughs) please stop. (laughs) But I was also like, but they're so good. I don't know. Um, But during that fight, the important thing is that Aang, and I don't know how he did this because the necklace was surely broken before and after this scene. Like it was like ripped open from when he tore it off or I guess when it like came off Katara's neck. But Aang catches the necklace and it's not broken in that shot with his foot uh, and holds on to it. And when they escape, obviously from this attack from Zuko and June and Iroh, who was just chilling the whole time and was literally stealing perfume and just cat, like just smiling, just happy to be there. But when they're on Appa, he gives it back to Katara and then she kisses him on the cheek or whatever. Um, And that's how the episode ends. (laughs) I was like, Ugh. he was like twiddling his thumbs. I was like, oh, this is gross. But then she said, because he was like, oh, Zuko wanted you to have it. And she was like, oh, can you give him a kiss for me when you see him? And then she kisses him. And I was like, yeah, give Zuko a kiss. No, like, it's not going to be meant a that thing. For I believe it in my heart. See, as soon as she found out that Aang was supposed <sighs> to be like, you know, this powerful bender, the aunt, what's her name? Aunt somebody. I forgot her name already. Oh, no, Woo. Aunt Wu. Yeah. Is yeah, it Aunt Wu? Wu. Oh. Told her, you know. You <laughs> said Wu. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I said that was too oh, easy. <laughs> aunt Wu told her, like, of course she was head over heels. Cause she don't... I should have said Woohoo. <laughs> For all those who play Sims, this is not a Sims-related joke. <laughs> you play, you know what woohoo means when you play Sims. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I don't play Sims. My face looks so good. Bye. Bye. I am not a Wicked Whims user. Okay. <laughs> For those of y'all who use mods, <laughs> I do not use Wicked Whims. Is that like when people? Do porn with their yes. sins? Is that what you're talking about? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, y'all anyway. yes. Oh. You know. All right. Aang, uh, knows this. That it's going to be spicy on the Avatar podcast. supposed to be this powerful bender. For this children's show. <laughs> Too spicy for the pepper. Mm-hmm. It's an American dad joke, but I can leave that mm. there. Um, but Yeah. So, I mean, of course, like, she's going to be... Some of the producers uh, worked on American Dad. That's why American Dad is such a and great show. That. Or no, never mind. Oh, it was King of the Hill. Never I mind. I get them mixed up. <laughs> I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, wait. I, I mean, I would wrong. watch King of the Hill, too. <laughs> I think when I read King of the Hill, I read it as American it's Dad. It's just, like, it's a little dry sometimes. Because yeah. you can obviously tell, like... Autumn, Autumn dudes is racist. But yeah, so I mean, this scene was great. I was happy when the fight scene was over. Um, and let's move on to episode 16 
uh, so this one is titled The Deserter. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Y'all yes. are missing so many important things oh, here. Oh, my bad. My first bad. of all. What are your final thoughts on yes. episode 15? First of all. Go ahead. Yeah, Corbin did. <laughs> Corbin was on a fucking, was on the Autobahn. The auto- <laughs> my question <laughs> for y'all <laughs> is, I came prepared with questions. Um, Isn't that what it's called? The German highway thing? The Autobahn? Yes. Is that the right word? Am I saying it right? Y'all are looking at me crazy. Maybe I didn't <laughs> say that right. Go ahead. I'll Google it and make sure I said the right word. Okay, so I don't remember what it was, but there was some type of interaction with... It was whenever they were following the sheer shoe around where the gang had been. Um, and then Aunt Wu and Iroh have, like, a moment. <laughs> do, do we ship them? <laughs> Oh, absolutely not. I do. I wonder if Iroh finds somebody. I have we no idea. We don't know. He may just also find somebody. That, um, I want to guess and think if he does. That little wolf um, thing. That was like what stuck out to me the most in this episode when like Bato is talking to Sokka when they see the wolf or when they hear the wolf howling mm. and they're like, you know, Sokka's like, what the fuck is that? And, um, you know, like, he's, I think he's like, oh, is it hurt? And then Bato's like, no, it's been separated from its pack. And my heart, like, dropped because I was like, it's hurt, but in a different way. Internal <laughs> right. hurt. I know Internal that the, hurt. the show no, okay. try to trust, like, put it, several little pointers out there, like, did you think about that? And then also how Sokka right. wears like this wolf-like war paint. And, you know, like with these last couple mm. episodes. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. That symbolism yeah. be getting to me now that like I'm older. I be like, damn, yo, like why didn't <laughs> I pay attention more? I was just concerned about like Momo and, you know, and 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 Katara getting her man like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I did not pay attention to the right and things. Bato was very heavy-handed because you can tell that it's a kid show like it's mm-hmm. a more serious children's show but you can tell especially through Bato how heavy-handed he's trying to be with this lesson of like yeah all right now <laughs> like He's lonely, just like all of us right. who are left. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Sokka, you. <laughs> like, I know how you feel. Don't do this. <laughs> like, when he turned around, when he asked about the wolf and Beta, like, Bato turned around, I knew off rip that that's what he was going for. Um, any other final thoughts on this app? I, I just always love seeing Appa in battle. That's it. <laughs> Appa in battle is he a got, <laughs> He was in there this time, and he kept fighting. He got slashed a couple times. And at first, I forgot that it was like a Kanama-type paralyzing Yeah, it has like a toxin thing um, or some shit. Yeah. And so when they scratched Appa the first time, and he looked like he was about to pass out, I was like, Appa, right. that was not that big of a scratch. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like... Appa, come on. See, this is why I I stand for Appa. And then I was like, Like, I love him. He uh, is always ready. Like, he's always prepared Mm. for the smoke. Like, 
Tell me who a better, a better, <laughs> you know, whatever would be than Appa. Like Appa got stung and 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 whatever, and was still able to fight. Loyal. Look, Appa's a real one. That look, he deserves a better fan cam than the one I sent y'all. He I'll deserves all the flowers, it. to be honest. <laughs> But what a perfect time to move into episode 16, The Deserter, a.k.a. The Fire Festival with Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Um, because- <laughs> I hope, I hope ja no one Rule. understands this reference, but unfortunately, <laughs> many What will. are you talking about? Because they called it. So when they go to the Fire Nation town, they say that they're having a fire festival. Yeah. Uh, like that's what it's called. That's where it all um, began, <laughs> right? That's where it all began. It was all a scam. This is what the girlies thought they were buying <laughs> tickets to, and they thought that Kendall and Bella Hadid were all going to be there. But no, what? it was just uh, <laughs> these the references. Who? <laughs> I know who Bella. Wait, is. Do you, not know you don't the know fire about the festival? fire festival? No. What is that? The big scam. Oh. It happened a few years ago. Everyone, so there was a huge festival that folks were talking about um, that was like a shit ton of money. And then when all the people got to the resort or whatever, like it was just tents that were thrown up and like raggedy food. And like it was not what they paid for. It was supposed to be this like luxury celebrity. I was about to say, you definitely heard about it like on Twitter. They have mad memes out. And they definitely talked about it on the read. A oh, couple yeah. Episodes. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> for sure. Talking shit. Um, but they go to a Fire Nation town and they're having this fire festival uh, sans Ja Rule. And they get there and off rip, they have to do like disguises. And Aang comes up with this whack disguise of just pulling his shit slightly over his head. But luckily they can get some masks because everyone there is wearing masks. Um, And there's a cute little shot of Sokka eating these flaming fire flakes. And I made a note that Corbin, I'll make sure to get that for our next uh, Instagram live hot ones challenge. (laughs) I'll make sure to find some flaming fire flakes and uh, you just be trying to destroy yourself. But they pass. I don't know for what reason. It was a fun time. I would never eat some of those again. Why they just Uh, been through some type of? uh, I don't know. Snotting and crying, looking like Viola Davis. Oppression. (laughs) I did. I was. There was a lot right. of snot involved in that <laughs> just, hot ones just, challenge. And those I have not touched those hot sauces since. They are sitting in my kitchen looking cute, but <laughs> they're just there for a storytelling <laughs> purpose. But they pass by this stage and everyone is looking at this firebender who's just doing all these tricks and things like that. And he asks for a volunteer and Aang's eager ass is like, ooh, me, me, me. And they were like, nigga, you cannot go up there. Like, we know you want to learn how to firebend and see it up close, but like, you're being stupid. Like, shut up. But they end up picking Katara and the guy is like faking as if he's losing control of the fire, but Aang takes it seriously. Um, 
and hops up on stage and uses his airbending to deflect or kind of like disintegrate the fire into it was like confetti and the guy was like are you trying to upstage me like the fuck is your problem um and (laughs) i loved the nice like boo get off the stage moment when ang gets like figured out and he just tries to like shuck and jive we're gonna tap dance (laughs) i don't know why i know all of that but i do (laughs) (laughs) yes because it's a spiritual it is a negro spiritual and it is delicious it is so good and scrumptious but basically everyone's like oh clearly you're the avatar like you just gave it away you don't even have your mask on and so they're trying to escape and they meet this guy called che yeah is that how he pronounced it che who gets them out and then tells them that he's a deserter from the fire nation army and he follows like their master called Zhang Zhang? Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang. I think it's just Zhang Zhang. I tried to practice before this episode. I really tried. Because when I was editing the last episode, it really hurt my ears. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is so bad. But he follows him and he has like a really great line of talking about how Zhang Zhang was the first to desert. And he was like, I'm the second. You don't get to be a legend for that. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this is definitely like a cult borderline. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was about to be a whole cult when they're like, oh, the chief wants to meet with you, Che. And he was like, he's a good man. Like, he's like talking to himself as he's walking there. And he's like, he's a good man. He's a good man. And I was like, oh, this is a cult. Like, they're going to find Che in some bunks, like, with some Nikes on in a tracksuit trying to go to Heaven's Gate or something. Like, that's how this is going to end. <laughs> but really, the fire chief is this kind of, like, ominous uh, master of firebending who's super intense. And obviously, Aang wants to meet him because he's so obsessed with learning about firebending. And... The fire chief was like, you don't have discipline. And the worst part is that you don't want to have discipline. So I'm not going to teach you like, no, you are too beginner level. Like you are not ready for this. Um, And he talks about how like water is cool and soothing. Earth is steady and stable, but fire is alive. It breathes, it grows, which yes, I, that's what, that's what I was talking about. I think I can't remember what episode it was when I was like, fire is high key the most intimidating that one was the episode with jet you could really burn I a think. bitch down yeah because that shit was terrifying oh no it was the one with uh haru because i was like that nigga who just walked up to their door and whipped oh, out yeah, that yeah, little yeah. fireball yeah. shit i was like that's intimidating as fuck mm-hmm. like i would not fuck with them if i had a chance and he was like you need discipline to be able to do that and when he starts disrespecting Aang, we have the return of Avatar Roku TV. I literally who, wrote like, down. Boss moves up. <laughs> I wrote down Avatar Roku <laughs> came out the cut like, and I just put Matt exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, a oh, word? You think I'm childish? Yeah. Like, are you talking to me? I've learned this 
thousands of times over thousands of lifetimes, which I genuinely as a Buddhist love how like very much this is playing on like the yes. idea of like his holiness, the Dalai Lama, yes. like and how they have to like find the avatar. Like they can't choose who it is like very much uh, Tibetan Buddhism with this. And it makes me very happy. Um, but basically the fire chief turns into Mr. Miyagi and goes through this whole like teaching process and has him learning discipline. He has him like, squatting and breathing on a hill and ang is like i'm not finna do this i want to set shit on fire now um and then he was like all right fine keep this fire from burning up the whole leaf and he was like nah fuck that but while all of this is happening admiral zhao aka lucius malfoy <laughs> is on the motherfucking way he is ready to pull up and Aang is irritated with this whole process and he's practicing where uh like Zhang Zhang left him and Katara was like, Ayo, stay cool, like don't don't start firebending because he told you not to. Like she tells him like ten times, like, please don't do this shit. Like, do not do it. That's so fucking dangerous. And Aang does not give a single fuck any of the times. Like, he's like, I need to do this. Like, I have to. Like, I want to do it so fucking bad. And so he just whips out some fucking fire. And then Katara was like, can you, can you not? Could you please not? And then he starts, like, bouncing it around. Like, he's in High School Musical and it's a basketball. And he's like, Troy Bolton, that shit up. And... Katara's like, please stop. And then he creates this like fire wall type shit and like burns Katara's hands. And Sokka lost his shit. As he should. Let's pause right here. <laughs> How do y'all feel about this scene? I mean... Because this scene was a lot. I think this scene was, was a, lot a lot just because, you know, it just shows, um, again, Aang's immaturity, his childishness. Um, and just like how, like, he's so, like, I honestly know, I, I know he's 12 and I know he's been through a lot, but that's kind of where my frustration started to grow with him because I'm like, this kid is so annoying. Like, he can't sit still. He's not patient. You know, he's not able to, like, take direction. He doesn't really like to listen to people. He does his own thing. But at the same time, I think it just goes to show that, like, he's supposed to learn how to bend different stuff within, like, a sequence, you know? Like, you learn air first, and then there's water, and then there's earth, and then there's fire. So maybe it was because he wasn't following through with the sequence that it wasn't his time to learn how to fire bend that that quickly which is why it frustrated him that he wasn't catching on because he was able to get water like that but that's because he knew air first and then he got into water but yeah I mean that, that's what I was thinking about that as well like you know you just can't try to rush something you don't know and expect things to go out well so what you think Faith? I I really love this moment for a lot of reasons and I'm not a Katara hater. 
You liked watching you know, her get burned? This I, is not a Katara okay, I, hating pod, <laughs> but Faith did listen to the last unreleased at this time of recording, the third episode is unreleased, and I did send it to Faith uh-huh. so that they could know <laughs> what the past episode was, and I already wrote up the little synopsis mm-hmm. for it, and I think I said, like, and we lose any Katara statements. But <laughs> really, though. Because we, like, ripped into her. Okay, I, I really love this moment. One, because it... Mm-hmm. you know leads to us learning about katara's healing abilities like cultural mm-hmm. reset mm-hmm. if there was any oh my um but also because it really really establishes like okay because we also learned that like um jong jong was zhao's like former master um and like mm-hmm. teacher and we really it or his student his, yeah or yeah 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 um Mm-hmm. Yeah, like John John taught him, I think. And it this episode in this moment really establishes like fire as super destructive in the hands of even the avatar. Like um and you know, obviously because he's mat- immature like Corbin said, but it really really establishes like for the audience like fire is so bad like if we didn't already believe that even in the hands of intentionally Mm -hmm. good people Mm -hmm. um and until you watch like the way later episodes where we actually see like the history of the fire nation and we really see how fire can like be related to life instead of destruction like that's that's why I love this moment because it it makes us it gives us that thought, but then later on, the show does such a good job at like showing us the opposite that like fire doesn't have to be all that bad. But yeah, I like I like this moment a lot. This was like my favorite moment of the whole episode. Yeah, I think this part was interesting just because, again, like what we were talking about before, it really does emphasize their priorities in this current moment. Um, I feel like Katara is just trying to get them to wherever the fuck they need to go um, in this episode. Um, Cause she's very much not like, all right, fuck Aang. Like <laughs> we're just going to like throw this whole trip away. She's like, no, I can heal my hands. Like I can heal Aang's arm later. Like we got some shit to do. Let's move on. Sokka's like, okay, family first. Like, you hurt my sister. You're on my shit list. Two episodes in a row. Um, And Aang is just... His priorities at this moment are just... He's rushing things. And he's rushing into... Which makes sense a little bit because of the fact that he does have that deadline of needing to know everything. So I think he's just trying to go head first into it and start at like the last section of a class when he really needs to start at like the first week of the syllabus um, <laughs> so that he can build up. Um, but I think also it just shows like that his priorities aren't, I don't know. I, I felt very weird about Aang in this episode um, and about how he put his own personal enjoyment and fulfillment of being able to try out these tricks above 
the safety of himself and the people around him. Cause he's in like a forest. So even if he hadn't burned up Katara, I thought that that scene was going to end with him burning up the forest. Um, like an accidentally blowing it into the trees or something, but something about him like burning Katara's hands. Like that just made it like, Ooh, I was like, I did not expect that. Like that got me. Um, like I wasn't like sad or like, or about to cry or something, but I was like, that, is a good emotional beat right. right there. Um so there's that. And uh, basically, yeah, we learned that Katara can fucking heal shit. Um, I feel like every time we do a podcast episode, I learn about some new shit that Katara can do. We learned that she is also Elsa. Elsa. Um, and can do that like frozen oh. shit. When she like turns shit to ice um and is frozen and now we know that she, so she like, also has some, frozen like phoenix tears that she can do <laughs> i don't you know i guess both they kind of both do the same thing they both shoot out ice well maybe yeah they both do which isn't really what katara seems like she's doing it seems like she's shooting out water that then turns to ice and i think frozen and elsa shoot out straight up ice I just would like to say I feel like a snowbender. You know, Katara is my favorite bender. I honestly think that she's probably the most powerful bender um, on the show, besides uh, another member that we meet in season two. But um, yeah, more powerful than Aang. Yes, like I had forgotten about how powerful she got with her bending, like like. What later on, right? So, like in the next episode For of this, at home, yeah. they're just nodding yeah, back at right? each other, and I don't know. They're nodding and pointing at each other, trying not to spoil yes. what they're talking. Like she, she literally like is the better um, bender. Like she can mm-hmm. do so much with bending, and yeah. it's like Aang never truly shows us great bending unless he's in the Avatar state, and he can't even control that yet. And if you've watched, mm. so I have not, I've only watched the first episode of Legend of Korra, and I'm not literally not going to say anything about it, but <laughs> um, if you've watched it, um, and I never watched it when it came out, so it was very interesting and very emotional to watch it um, for many reasons. Um, and like you see, um, you know, you see her on there and... She or like they reference her at least. I'm trying not to spoil shit. <laughs> um, but she's <laughs> like, you know, this just renowned waterbender and um very powerful and like that's no surprise at all because she like really starts kicking some ass very soon. I really wanted to see more of her fighting in the last episode, like during that fight scene. I wanted to see a lot more, but I guess you know, we really don't see her become as powerful until a little bit later on. Yeah, I'm excited to see this turnaround because look, <laughs> and I see it starting to happen in these two episodes a little bit more of my uh, lessened irritation with <laughs> Katara in this moment. Because I think the last batch of episodes, I very much was like, throw her out. I'm so tired of her. Like, I was like, if someone had to just disappear from the show and it was her, I would be okay with that. Um, but I know that she has this like great arc or whatever. 
um, and that she's so many people's favorite character. And I'm waiting for the kind of proof in the pudding of why that is. <laughs> and I'm excited to see that. And yeah, and y'all will hear on this podcast, uh, potentially my opinion shift of her, which I expected, but I'm glad that I got to experience her without any context of those later seasons and just take her for like where she's starting off. Um, yeah. Cause someone did text me after they listened to the episode and was like, I truly didn't even watch those first episodes like that. Like they were like, I thought that Katara was like kind of annoying, but like she was great. Like she's awesome. She's my favorite. Like I don't want to hear it. Um, and then when they were listening to the podcast, they were like, oh, yeah, I guess without any further context, like in that moment in time, she is kind of shitty for some of those episodes. Anything else on this episode? Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole another fight scene that comes up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, of course, all these episodes end with some long ass fight scenes. Oh, well, I'm going to stop y'all right there. Hey, y'all, it's Avery again. I stepped back into the editing room. We are going to stop the episode right here for part one. And again, part two will be out this Friday. So make sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher to get that notification of when we're going to post. And if you really love us, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a really nice review. We would love to see it and shout you out on the show. Also, email us at lastblackavatar at gmail.com if you have any questions that you want us to answer on air or in a bonus episode. And follow us at lastblackavatar on gmail or no on twitter or instagram so that you can see our memes and stuff that we share and see when we post the episode on friday and uh, i guess until then oh shoot i'm by myself uh stay black and uh uh release your podcast episodes on the day that you said you would all right we'll see y'all friday